630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. A couple of Monday games in the NFL. The Vikings just get a touchdown. The point after kick is good. So 7 nothing. Vikings leading the Bears 5-0-3 left in the first quarter. Earlier, Vegas field goal on the last play to upend the Browns 16-14. Vegas 16, Jack Michaels, Cleveland Browns 14. Of course, no Oilers game tonight. The next scheduled game is one week from today in Calgary. We shall see if that gets played on that day as, of course, COVID continues to throw the schedule into a state of upheaval. Just one game is going to go ahead tonight. That is Minnesota at Dallas, and that one starts in a few minutes. Well, speaking of upheaval, it uh, it has been. There's been a lot of that for uh, this guy's team this year. I welcome back to Inside Sports the captain of the Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, Brad Malone, checking in tonight. Hey, Brad, it's good to talk to you. How's life? Great, great. Thanks. We uh, I've been watching the football game, so what a that, that looked miserable playing in Cleveland today. So uh, <laughs> just kind of hanging out with the kids and watching some football on the. The Monday kind of feels like a Sunday with the uh, early game here on the West West Coast. Oh well, yeah, that's a good point. And a couple more games tomorrow, though. I think those ones are being played at the at the same time. So uh, now, do, are do the kids are they do they watch along with you, or is the attention span not there yet? What's their viewing experience like? Uh, no, the football game's kind of background noise, but my parents are in town, so I get a little more, uh, I get to be more of an attention giver to the football game. So it's been, uh, it's been good to have the family back in town. And, um, my parents always said when I was getting a little older, just give them grandkids for Christmas. So, uh, that's what we did. Okay. There you go. You came through in the clutch. All right. Well, the Condors here. First of all, you know, look, like it or not, COVID affects things. It affects the schedule. You guys have had some games called off. Uh, You've had sometimes about a week between games. Uh, I mean, what's it been like dealing with all that uncertainty? And I know hockey players like practicing, but they love playing. Uh, So so what have the last few weeks been like? Yeah, to be honest, um, you know, the practicing thing is something that – you know, at, at this level and, um, you know, kind of everybody's goals. I think it's, you know, you can take a lot of positives from um, extra time on the ice to kind of focus on little details and um, work on yourself. But just like you said, the uncertainty of everything, it was, uh, it's been difficult just to basically sit around your phone and just wait for whether it's test results to come in or a decision by the league or, uh, whatever it may be, it's been it's been uneasy not just having a schedule, which um, you know hockey players are creatures of habit and of routine. So when when you lose that routine and structure, that's kind of been the biggest adjustment. But um, you know everyone's going through it, so we just uh, you know, try to do it with the best attitude we can and just get to work when we can. Well, and of course, when the Edmonton Oilers roster gets depleted, that means your roster gets depleted. Uh, Broberg, Niemelainen, Lagason, even Skinner going back to the start of the year. Uh, Marody and Griffith uh, came up. I, I, I mean, it could go, go on and on. 
I, I, and I know you're excited for these guys, uh, but it also means then you, you got some new faces on your team too that you, you got to integrate. Yeah, yeah, well, that's uh, that's part of the business, whether it's, um, you know, this year with COVID or, you know, after a long season, there's a, you know, there's a lot of shuffle going on, just, uh, you know, kind of being the middleman between uh, the Wichita and the Oilers. Um, we, see, we see a lot of guys throughout the years and, um, you know, it's just part of being in the American Hockey League, I, I guess. It's uh, it's just how you adjust. And uh, Woody's made a, you know, a pretty big emphasis on, you know, there's there's opportunities that were, you know, available for for certain guys. I mean, you get a guy like Griffin Coop on your team, it's pretty hard to, you know, play on the first power play because these guys are just so talented. So, uh, you know, those guys get an awesome opportunity in Edmonton. And then, you know, other guys get a chance to, you know, really showcase themselves on the power play down here. And, you know, some guys are taking advantage of it, which is uh, it's great for everybody because, you know, down the stretch here, we got a lot of confident players. When, when you see the Oilers beat Seattle like they did on Saturday night with all those Condors in the lineup, uh, are you kind of like, yeah, of course, I knew they could do it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got you got Connor and Leon still, so uh, which which helps. And, uh, but, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's the same situation for, you know, the guys – in Edmonton, um, you know, I know what it's like to be a, you know, a four-time guy and you're playing your, your six minutes a night and, you know, you're just slugging away trying not to get scored on and hopefully, you know, you can chip one in every now and then and and then you get some more minutes and more opportunities and, you know, hockey comes a lot easier when you're seeing that ice, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night and, um, you know, there you go, the boys kind of, you know, threw together a character effort but um, all those guys are, you know, more than capable of being in that role. It's just... Uh, you know, certain situations and opportunities just arrive at different times. All right. Well, speaking of a, a big game here, you guys beat San Diego 5-1 on Friday. Raphael Lavoie got five points. And what weren't you guys line mates in that game? Yeah, yeah I was, uh, I had front row seats for that one. So that was good. I, uh, yeah, he's had, uh, like, again, he's, you know, he's kind of taken his licks as a, as a young guy, kind of, they're making him earn his opportunity the hard way, which, um, you know, he's handled really well as a professional, a young professional, and, um, you know, they threw him into the fire here with a lot of minutes in San Diego, and, you know, clearly that's a, that's a pretty big statement game from a guy like him, which is awesome to see. All right. Well, and, and look, you're having a pretty good year as well, uh, 17 points in 19 games. And look, Brad, I, I know we've done this a lot, and I, I know you like to talk about other people, and, and you're proud when young guys go up to the Oilers, but uh, I'm hearing some pretty good things about your season. How are you feeling? You know, I, I feel young again. I think, um, to be completely honest, uh, getting the, the invite to training camp, um, you know, it, it was, wasn't was really a sure thing at the, at the you know, start of the summer. And I was just like, well, I got to I gotta prepare myself to, you know, show up with at least, you know, my best foot forward. And um, I stayed in Bakersfield all, all summer here and just kind of, you know, my focus was pretty narrow between – you know, working out and skating and being with the kids. So my life has really been simplified. And, you know, I think just being away from the rink and being happy and enjoying life, it's really done a lot for my game on the ice. And, um, you know, I'm 32 now, but, I'm, you know, I feel young and just trying to keep developing, which, you know, people will be like, well, that's kind of stupid. You know, at 32, you're, you're done peaking. But, you know, as much as I might not be getting faster, I'm trying to get smarter and just, more situationally aware that uh, you know if an opportunity ever does rise, you know I'm ready for it, and 
you know, I'm, I really would like to play here for another five or six years. So it's, um, you know, I'm not taking my foot off the gas. Well, that's awesome to hear. And I'm sure most people listening consider 32 quite young. So don't worry about that. Okay. I'm going to throw one more at you because in the second hour of the show, I hadn't mentioned this yet. We're going to be, we're going to be having some fun with some uh, people who collect hockey cards. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, do you have any sort of a hockey card collection past or present? And I also, well, I'll start there. Did you ever collect? Or I did. Yeah, I did. I, I collected a lot as a kid. Um, I didn't take very good care of them, which looking back now is really, really slow of me. Okay. And uh, do you ever get asked to sign one of your own cards? And how, how do you feel now that, you know, there's Brad Malone cards out there. Is that a little, little surreal? Do you get asked for autographs on your own cards? I mean, I haven't seen one of those in like seven, eight years. There's a couple of like rookie cards from when I was in Colorado that uh, got circulated, but those are like an NFT. That's a, that's a rare, if you get a Brad Malone hockey card, that's rare, which is a uh, little to no value, but maybe someday I'll, uh, do something cool to bump up that value on it well i gotta try and find one now that's yeah i got a buddy i got a buddy to collect so i'll have to see if he has any somewhere oh, that's awesome man well look brad thanks for fitting me in today I, I really appreciate that you when you that you came on the show it's, it's always good when you hop on and i know you're working so hard there with the condors and it sounds like uh you're enjoying life as well i'll let you get back to watching the bears and the vikings here Okay, Reese, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoy your holidays, and I guess everyone's saying you got to stay healthy, hey? Yeah, absolutely. You too. That's Brad Malone checking in tonight, the captain of the Bakersfield Condors. Always love talking to him. A little bit of perspective there from the farm and one of the guys who is helping to mentor a lot of the players that you've seen come up to the Oilers this year and uh, players who are going to be Oilers in the future as well. 644, we'll call a quick timeout inside sports on Chet. Nurse and William Lagason going into COVID protocol today for the Oilers. Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman tweeting out this just a few minutes ago. Hearing NHL, NHLPA will agree to pause the season Wednesday through Christmas Day. Players will return to team facilities on the 26th, one day earlier than usual, so testing can be resumed. So that is from Elliot Friedman, one of the top insiders in the game so something to keep an eye on there as i was telling you earlier just one nhl game tonight because of the postponements a lot of scoring early seven minutes in the stars lead the wild 2-1 so if they pause on wednesday that would mean two games tomorrow the capitals and the flyers and then the uh, lightning and the golden knights and then players come back on boxing day to get tested and then we see where we go from there obviously uh Always changing, always changing, but that uh, is the latest there from Elliot Friedman. Well, I'm pretty excited to talk to this guy. Uh, he's been an excellent guest on the show over the years, and he's going to the Olympics. He's on Twitter. We've got a great Twitter handle, Lefty Ken Bear, Mark Kennedy, checking in. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, Reed. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Good. Did I pull you away from a curling practice or game or something? No, no. Just dropped my uh, girls off at swimming, so I'm talking to you from my car as they're inside getting their uh, their swim on. So it's all good, just being a dad. Okay, awesome stuff. Well, first of all, this is cool. You're going to join Team Gushu at the Olympics in Beijing. Tell us how this came about. 
Yeah, he came about pretty quick. I was, uh, you know, pretty pretty honoured and humbled that they asked me to, to join their team. Um, you know, I've had a ton of games against that team over the years, have a ton of respect for, for Brad Gushu, Mark Nichols, and, and Brett and Jeff as well. So, um, yeah, it came as a bit of a shock to me, but uh, super excited. And, you know, now the work begins to, um, yeah, to try to help them win a medal and just, you know, support them any way I can. It's going to be exciting. All right, so describe the life of an alternate in curling. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? It, it takes on a few roles. Uh, honestly, I think, you know, I, I think that's where I, I might be good at is, is being able to adapt to whatever they need from me. So, you know, in a perfect world, I'm just there to support, you know, change some broom heads, help with some rock matching, um, take care of any logistical stuff for the team if they need it. Um, you know, and then, you know, heaven forbid somebody gets sick or hurt. Um, I can jump in and play, you know, any position they need me to and sweep for them and, and try to still give them a chance to win. So I, I think uh, my versatility is a, is a good thing in this situation. And, uh, you know, hopefully I don't have to do much other than just support them and assist them and, and be there for them any way they need me. And you're going to remain with the, the Jacobs rank for everything else, the Grand Slams, Provincials, Briar, if you guys make it, all that kind of stuff. So um, I know there are a lot of rivalries in, in curling, but is this one where Team Jacobs says, like, yeah, go play with this team we've butted heads with for, I guess, for several years? Like, it's just yeah. all good? No, you nailed it. I mean, you know the curling community pretty well. We We butt heads on the ice and have for years but off the ice we all have a pretty healthy respect for one another and get along pretty well um and in this case that's exactly what it was i you know uh, brad gushu called me and asked me if i would consider being the fifth and my first response was well i need to check with my guys first and get their blessing and then obviously uh have a good conversation with nicole and the girls as well so uh, and the guys gave me their full blessing and We've got a great community here in curling where once somebody beats you and, and gets to put the maple leaf on their back, uh, the rest of the curling community really gets behind them and supports them. And whether that's cheering from home with, uh, with a Canada hat on or being there with them to support them, to help them win a medal, that's what makes curling so fantastic. So, you know, I, I'm more than happy to switch allegiances for a, a couple of weeks um, for the, for the betterment of Canadian curling. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as that's done, I'll be back with my team, hopefully for the Briar. Um, and, and, you know, that was a big part of this decision is it's not going to impact any of my, you know, um, commitments to Team Jacobs or my commitment to Val Sweeting for the mixed doubles trials next week. So it kind of fits in the schedule pretty nice there to be able to do it all. Um, and, yeah, just uh, really, really fortunate and grateful for this opportunity. I've, I've been a pretty lucky guy. I can't, can't quite put into words what the sport's given to me over the years. Yeah, well said. Mark Kennedy joining us tonight at Inside Sports. In terms of, and look, we're talking about the Olympics and hockey all the time. Any any reservations either personally or just from a, a Curling Canada uh, perspective about going to Beijing? Yeah, it's a good question, Reed. I, I think it's on everybody's mind, right? There's there's concern all over the place. I think it's a it's a pretty fluid situation right now with new information coming in all the time. Um, I think for us, once we get there, I think we're all going to feel pretty safe. It's going to be, you know, pretty heavily restricted. We're not going to be able to do much other than curl and sleep. Um, but I think the travel itself is a bit of a concern. So, you know, we've got a little bit of time here to kind of um, see how it goes. There's quite a few events leading up to the Olympics. 
um, that we're going to kind of be able to test the waters here and see how it goes. So, you know, the same thing in the NHL right now, everything's kind of fluid. Hopefully there's a bit of a, a circuit breaker here over Christmas and, and hopefully things will start improving in the new year. All right. And you mentioned the uh, mixed doubles trials with Val Sweeting. And as, as you know, and you and I have talked before, fans have really enjoyed watching the, uh, the the mixed doubles sort of the you know a bit of a twist there which is teams of two and fewer rocks and a lot of action and a lot of running around <laughs> by, yeah. by, the, by the by the curlers uh did these start just after christmas uh they do yeah so we are um looks like we're going to be heading to portage la prairie on the 20 we start on the 27 28th of december so i'll be heading there on the 27th uh we compete all the way until january 2nd uh, but even that itself is a bit of a fluid situation. We're kind of getting new information with the new restrictions in Manitoba. So, um, you know, I think they're looking for an exemption for us to come in and to be able to play. Uh, so we'll see, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's a go as well, but you know, it, it kind of sounds like things are shutting down all across the country again. So we'll have to see what happens, but you know, in the meantime, Val and I will be uh, practicing and ready to play and, and uh, still have an opportunity to, to make the Olympics with that discipline. Okay, I'm going to ask you maybe maybe a stupid question, but you know sometimes I throw them at you, and sometimes they oh, turn good, out to be actually good, good questions. Yeah. <laughs> is is mixed doubles even more unpredictable? Because like you and I always talk about, okay, well you go to the Briar, like nine teams could be considered favorites. Is is it like what's the field like for mixed doubles? Is there is it even even narrower margin, or have some rinks emerged maybe as more definite favorites? Yeah, I think the latter. I think over the last few years, there are some teams that have kind of, uh, you know, learned the game a little bit better and have kind of become heavy favorites. You know, John Morris and Rachel Holman, John having won the the Olympics in 2018 in Pyeongchang. Um, You know, one of the top contenders actually knocked themselves out. uh, Brett Gallant and Jocelyn Peterman both representing the Olympics in four-person curling. So them not being in the field kind of opens it up a bit. But, yeah, there are some strong teams that have played quite a bit, uh, learned a little bit more about the strategy and how to play. Um, You know, Val and I are playing a little bit of catch-up because we haven't played that much before. But, you know, we've learned a few tricks here and there so hopefully we'll be in the hunt but uh yeah lots of good teams lots of depth in canada of course all right well i'm sure we'll be talking down the road here mark but uh, congratulations on jumping on board uh, as an alternate there with team gushu all the best at the trials and all the best in everything you do with team jacobs as well man and all the best picking up your girls from swimming awesome thanks a lot Reed. thanks for having me and uh, merry christmas to you and um, and all of your uh, listeners yeah, we appreciate that. That is Mark Kennedy, one of the all-time greats in the sport of curling. So, yeah, that's a pretty good alternate to add for uh, Team Gushu for the Olympics in Beijing. Tell you what, I, I know you're tired of COVID, so we're going to have a fun second half hour. We're going to talk about hockey cards and the people who collect them. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.